We have another live show for you guys. We're coming back to New York City because I'm back in town. We put something together for May 15th. We're back at Sesh Comedy. Show starts at 7.30. Doors open at 7 p.m. I'm so excited. We loved Sesh when we were there the last time. I'm pumped to be able to do another show back in New York so soon. So Wednesday, May 15th. For tickets, head to our website at findingmrheight.com slash live. That's findingmrheight.com slash live. You can get your tickets right there. That ticket link will be up as you are hearing this announcement. And the venue is BYOB. So if you want a drink, bring a drink. If you like a Diet Coke, bring a Diet Coke. And we're going to hang out afterwards. We can say hello to everybody. Hope to see you all there. See you there. Oh, my God. My stomach just fell a little bit. Yeah. I was I was deciding all morning as I, w- I had a client call this morning and I was like thinking like, should I say this on the pod? Because like... Welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Rourke. Rourke, I know I normally ask how you're doing, but I need to say how I'm doing. I was going to volley it right to you anyway, and so (laughs) it's totally fine. Allie received a text on her Apple laptop. I saw it come through because her reaction was profound, and she's really not been able to get it together since. So (laughs) we're going to go through it. (laughs) The first piece of news is not really, well, it is related to that text, but I knew about it already before I received that text. I'm just so excited that I have to say something, even though plenty could go wrong still at this point. Mm-hmm. But I submitted an offer on an apartment and I found out this morning that it was accepted. Holy shit. Oh my God. You're such a big girl. I, I love know. it. Adults. I am simultaneously panicking and celebrating. Yeah. Very, very fair. That's mm-hmm. fucking amazing. Oh my God. Yay. Thank you. I'm so excited. Obviously like stuff could, you know, come up in the inspections, sure. like, you know, the contract negotiations, the Lord, blah, blah, blah. Like things could happen. Yeah. But this is an obviously a major step towards okay. homeownership. I am so excited. So is it in the same neighborhood that you're currently in? It's not. It is in Brooklyn, but it's in a different neighborhood. I have not spent that much time in this particular neighborhood I've been to this neighborhood in a way that's like, oh, I'm going to this bar and then I'm going to leave that bar and go somewhere else. Like I haven't like hung out. Yeah. So on Sunday, so I saw this apartment for the first time on Thursday, loved it, scheduled a second showing for this past Sunday. And I went early and got breakfast and coffee at the like coffee shop that's pretty much on the block. It's like Mm -hmm. on the corner. And then I walked around and just kind of like got a feel for the hood. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how I decided that I'm like, okay, I not only love the apartment, but I also really love where it is and how it feels around it. That's awesome. That's so perfect. Wow. This is so great. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm very excited and also just terrified because it's that's that's the place I own now. Yeah. I've rented for 13 years and I actually haven't moved that often for having lived in the city for 13 years. I've only lived in four buildings. Yeah. 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 Cause you lived in that one spot for a long time. Yeah. So I was in my first apartment for only a year and a half, which was absolutely terrible. But then I was in my, the next apartment for six years. Right. Yeah. So, and I expected to be here for longer. This kind of came out, my decision to, to buy a house kind of came out of nowhere, but, or an apartment just to be clear, it's not a house. Yeah. Funnily enough, my mom and I both put offers on places on the same day. 
very spooky because she's so, – I think I've mentioned on the pod before, she sold our childhood home pretty recently, my childhood yeah. home pretty recently. And so she found this like townhouse that's much more appropriate for where she's at now. And will Drake continue to live with her? Yes. So he – for now, I think he's yeah. he's kind of th- thinking about like where he wants to live long term. Yeah. I'm lobbying for New York and he has a lot of friends here and he's open to it. So I think that would be amazing if he moved here. Great. So yeah, so he'll live with her for the time being. But so then the reason that I got all verklempt <laughs> before we started recording is because I had texted the disco ball about being excited and I had sent him a video. I took a video of the place. Yeah. So he was like, "Real, this is so exciting, whatever. The place is beautiful. And then he said, so he's in Paris with his mom currently. Yeah. He said, just watched with mom on a park bench and we both exclaimed when the stairs appeared. Cute. <laughs> I was going to hope that he joked, like, amazing. Well, if I can't find a place, like, I guess yeah, I'm moving right? in. <laughs> guess I'm moving in with you. So it's it's a duplex, which I love, like, feels very, like, grown up, like, living on the top floor and working and whatever on the bottom. There's, like, a little it's, office. It's your flat. It is my flat. But there's a little office that I think I'm going to, if this goes through, I'm going to turn into my, like, content and podcast room. Love it. So anyway. I'm very excited. That is my major update. How are you? Good. I have like a lot of dating updates. Ooh, okay. Exciting. Yeah. I have a couple updates. I'm trying to think of what could be saved for Patreon, partly because of time. And there are details that will be saved for Patreon, period. But anyway, okay. So last Thursday, I had a matchmaker date. And... This was the date where the only people who you know I went on the date are the Discord channel because – and then I talked about that on the Patreon slightly because oh, right. we were talking about how kind of like lovely the Discord channel is. And I was saying how I was – I think I've texted you about this before – that I go through waves like every six weeks where after a meal I get like stabbing pain and I need to like figure out like what – like why that's and I've told my doctor about it before and they were like come in this is like some sort of weird cyclical thing that we should probably talk about and then I just didn't go to the doctor because it kind of cleared it as it tends to do but anyway I'm in one of those cycles right now and so I was like in terrible pain after eating and like I felt off I did not feel cute like I felt awful and I was you know whatever and so I was like I want I've committed to this date I'm going on this date and the Discord group hyped me up. Anyway, yes, very for the Discord group because we plug for the Discord group and generally the Patreon because if yeah. you're listening to this, you might not be a patron, and the Patreon is amazing and it's where all the tea is. And so they helped solve this problem. I went on the date, and I'm sure my matchmaker would have been not thrilled with what I wore, but whatever. By far, best of three matchmaker dates, not close. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Tell me more. So just on first impression, very cute. Like, you know, walking up. Great. And so I was like, great start. And then something that I think I shared this about my second matchmaker date that when I did feedback on my first date, my matchmaker asked what percentage of the time was each person speaking? Yeah. And I hadn't thought of that before, but now I'm quite attentive to it. And this was a true 
probably not 50-50, but a lot of volleying just like, oh, that made me think of this. Like, oh, let me ask you this follow-up question. Wait, wait, wait. That sounds super interesting. Like, let's go there. Like, just so- love that. Yeah. It was really nice. And- He had a lot of stories where I was like, I have that. We both had the same story in that we are the same person in our friend group. He is the planner. He told a story about how his friends will say, I would love to do this. And he'll respond, oh, you want to do this? Here are five Airbnbs in this. Here are eight things we can do in this. (laughs) And he makes it happen. And I said, that literally happens in my friend group. That is exactly the role that I play. And he talked about how he has friends in different locations. And one recently moved to San Antonio, but he makes this effort to go visit him at least once a year. And I complimented him on that and said that that's really great that he shows that effort to maintain that friendship. And his response, Allie, it's kind of it, we basically had the dialogue that you and I like had with a with somebody that DM'd us and then we kind of described it on the podcast, mm-hmm. where he said, Well, you don't need to that's just kind of how I expect a friend to behave. That's the level of commitment I want from them. So I try to give it. I don't need to be complimented because of that. And right. I said, But okay, I, I hear you and I don't disagree. I also like to give that level of effort. However, I think a lot of people don't. And even even if that's the expectation, it doesn't not deserve praise. So I'm still going to yes. compliment you. Yeah. I think it was that was like maybe a while ago that we talked about that. It was a long, time, that. Ago. It was a long, long time, time ago. ago. But it's – I feel like we, we've gotten to the – and I'm using we did not describe you and me. But like as a society and, and potentially I think like as women who date men – there's such this narrative of like, that's the bare minimum. The bar is on the ground, mm-hmm. like all this stuff. Like don't praise men for doing the Basic bare minimum. Tests. Yeah. If there is something nice that you appreciate that someone does, dating or otherwise, it's nice to compliment people for nice things they do. Yep. It doesn't mean we need to like bow down to them and, you know, put their picture on the wall as employee of the month. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, you did a nice thing. Thanks for the nice thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, very fun date. Had a great time. So that was Thursday night. He was with his – he has several siblings, one of which lives in LA, one of which does not, but she was visiting. And they went to this little kind of like – it's called Solvang, this kind of little wine country up in – Oh, I love Solvang. Yeah, That's it's super neat. cute. There's the there's a guest ranch that's like right outside of Solvang that my family and I used to go to every summer when I was little. Oh, love. Yeah. So they did this kind of weekend trip there over the long weekend. And so he's been with them all weekend. So we exchanged like a couple texts. Mm-hmm. But I think we're going to go out on Sunday before I go to Dallas and July 4th. Amazing. It sounds like yeah. he needs a nickname. Ah, I almost feel like I want to wait for a second date. Like, Really? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I haven't thought of a nickname yet. Fine. Well, that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. That. What are you going to do on Sunday? I don't know. We'd been texting. I asked about his schedule and his work is very busy this week. And so he asked for, he said, could you do Sunday or early next week? And I said, well, I leave first thing Monday morning. So it's yeah. got to be, yeah. it's got to be Sunday. And so anyway, bachelor number two. Bachelor number two. So this person has a nickname 
because I've thought a lot about it because okay. um, for reasons that I can explain to you. But we're going to call him Mr. Nobody. <laughs> okay. So he's from Bumble. Uh-huh. And to backtrack a little bit, I was very happy coming off of my date with this matchmaker guy because I realized I had not had fun on a date in a while. Oh. And I like just had a good time on that date. And my conclusion coming out of it was, you know, if this if nothing comes from this, if I don't see this guy again, great reminder that this can be fun. I can feel good. I can laugh on a date. I can connect with somebody yeah. and feel attracted to them. Like, great. These are all good things, right? And so I actually think it's it's interesting. One of the things my matchmakers challenged me to do out in the world more was accept – this is a strange way to put it, but I, and I don't know that they phrased it this way – but accept uh-huh. small offers of love, sort of. And the examples that they gave were – In a grocery store, if an employee asks, are you looking for something? Can I help you? Odds are you're fine. You're you're a highly – like you probably have a plan. You're an independent person or you can figure it out, right? And she said, you're probably very inclined to say, no, thank you. All good. Mm -hmm. And they said, say yes. I don't care if you need help. Say that you are looking for something. And accept offers bids of connection just in the world more. And that was their challenge to me. And it's a little bit of a manifesty vibe where the more you do that, the more people tend to offer. So it it creates a feedback loop and kind of manifests more people offering connection and love, whatever. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. No, I actually do too. I'm, I, I definitely am resistant to stuff like that, but I, I am, (laughs) I'm trying to be accepting of it. So it's interesting because then, since that date, I have had a better attitude about dating and had more matches on – more success on Bumble. I had a great date on Sunday, with which we'll talk about. And so mindset really can be very important. I, I know that's not – I'm not shattering the earth by making that comment. <laughs> but it has it has really helped to have that date, I think. And I'm glad I had that as kind of a reset button. Anyway. I love that so much. Thank you. So, okay. So, Mr. Nobody. I I also, just side note, I also love to hear you talking about that and openness to that because I'm currently in talks with the guest that wants to talk about manifestation. Oh, my God. Well, there we go. And in my head, I was like, this could be interesting. Yeah, Rourke's going (laughs) to shit herself. Yeah. Hooray. Okay, go on. Yeah. So, okay. So, Sunday, I go on a date with this man, Mr. Nobody, Mm -hmm. and – I was looking forward to this date. He is in the process of getting his doctorate in clinical psychology. He's a, he's a therapist. He very much ha- emotionally has his shit together. Uh-huh. And it's funny. I actually noticed a couple times on the date, I said something and he opened his mouth to react and then goes, tell me more. And I, I was like, I know what you're doing. Don't, don't do this with me. Oh, <laughs> I know what you're doing. I've, I've been there. I've seen my therapist do that. <laughs> yeah. And so anyway – He's That's great. Really funny. And we had a great time. We chatted for approximately like two hours. And then he the where we were was very close to my place. And so we kind of he kind of just walked like with me back. Very, very thoughtful person. I really appreciate that. Like one of the when he was picking a restaurant, he asked if I had any eating restrictions. 
and just like a super, super thoughtful person. So interesting. I really like the points of similarity and difference between us where Mm. values are very aligned, very much, like I said, has a shit together both emotionally and in terms of kind of career goal. Like all of that stuff is very, he's, you know, he works on his relationship with his family. Like all that, all that stuff is really important to him. And then our points of difference are sort of hot. Like he's very creative. He loves music. He loves photography, like that mm-hmm. type of stuff. And I don't mind having those differences. I think that's interesting. Yeah, and too. so, yeah, so all that. And then I'm gonna, I'll save – there are details that I'll – on both dates and then a third kind of like Bumble interaction that I've had that I'm going to save for Patreon because it's Amazing. very funny. Patreons where the T's at. Yeah. For example, if you found yourself thinking, wait a minute, the Disco Ball's mom – Join the Patreon, my friends. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) Damn. I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, what else is new with you besides, you know, this tiny update of buying a house or apartment? Tiny update. There's actually a lot happening. Great. So uh, I went on my fourth date with a journalist on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I – this is a really big – He's very – he's very consistent. He's really consistent and so good at date planning. Love it. So we went to a new mini golf place in the city called Swingers that just opened in New York. And it is like a mini golf place, but it's in the middle of Manhattan. It's very compact and mm-hmm. it has bars everywhere and food trucks. Interesting. And there are – It was incredible. So the whole – I'm going to – I haven't posted the video yet, but I took a bunch of videos and stuff about, yeah. like inside the I place. I want to see that. That sounds great. I love It was really cool. There were – at least two, maybe three nine hole courses. We only did one of them. Holy shit. So compact. Like when you see the amount of space that it takes up, it was like, it was just so fun. Yeah. And there was I a, can't decide if that's an architect's nightmare or dream to try to make that uh, work. I mean, it it looked very complicated, but also super cool. And like the whole, yeah. you know, how mini golf has like tunnels in the holes and whatever. Yeah. So like the holes were like a, around each other, on top of each other. That's like, super clever. Yeah. So like you would be teeing off, quote unquote, on like one hole and then like directly next to you was the group behind you who was like retrieving their balls from the hole Mm, next mm -hmm. to you. Like it was just – everybody was in there. This part was genius. So it's a bar. There's a Mm -hmm. massive bar at the beginning while you're like waiting to tee off. You like have drinks or whatever. There's also a bar in the middle of each course. And from that bar, they serve you drinks. They come around to make sure that your drinks are full. Or that you don't need more, not full, but like that you like don't need more. Like they will like refill your drinks for you while you're mini golfing. That is insane. Yeah. So kind of like the like golf cart that comes around on a real golf course. Yeah, like yeah. Like the drinks cart. Like the hospitality cart. Yes. Thank you. This part, genius. There were drink holders throughout the course. Brilliant. It's such a small detail. Yeah. But you cannot hold a drink and swing a golf club. No. That's not going to work. So there were little stands at every hole throughout every hole where you could put your drink down while you swung. Very thoughtful. So thoughtful and also just like made sure that you like wanted to have a drink because it was easy to have one. Like they just mm-hmm. they just are smart. So it was really fun. I had a packed day. Like I said, I saw that apartment in the morning. Then I went to a friend's wedding makeup trial. Mm-hmm. She had already done one makeup trial and she wanted to do another one. So I went with her, also got my makeup done, which was really fun. And then we went to brunch and then I went to go meet him. Amazing. The date was very fun. I'm just going to go for it. And this means I have to tell him 
what I'm about to say before this airs. I don't think I want to see him anymore. Oh, poor journalist. I sensed it from you, but... I don't think I want to see anyone else right now. Oh my God, my stomach just fell a little bit. Yeah, I was I was deciding all morning as I, w- I had a client call this morning and I was like thinking like, should I say this on the pod? Because like, I don't actually know if Disco Ball listens anymore. I'm not planning on saying this to him, to be clear. Yeah, fair enough. I don't want – it's not It's not a feeling of where like I want us to be in an exclusive dating situation. Mm-hmm. He literally you doesn't just want to play this out. Yet. I just want to play this out. Like I am finding that my – the way that I'm feeling about him is precluding me mm-hmm. from feeling that way about anybody else. I also don't think I – the journalist and I are particularly – like I don't think that probably would have worked out regardless. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. I just don't think it would have worked out just for personal reasons. But regardless of that, I just think that I want to give my feelings for the disco ball a little bit of space. Yeah. That's totally fair. I completely relate to that path. Mm -hmm. I like to just kind of see how things go. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Then you get back out there and see who else Exactly. And that's why, like, it's not a conversation that I want to have with him right now. Like, I'm not – Oh, yeah. I made these decisions in secret. And yes. like, yeah. I mean, I'm not really making it in secret. Uh, true, true, true. But, I just meant, I, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. But like, so Disco Ball, if you're listening, I'm, I I don't want you to be my boyfriend right now. But no, not even that. I was just joking on that. But yeah. like, it's not even a situation where I like want, I don't want to put a pressure on us. Yeah. I just like, I like him and I want to see when he moves here, what that feels like. And I'm entering a really busy time for me anyway. So it's like, I think it's better for me to not pursue new connections right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I think the journalist, I probably would have felt like I didn't want to pursue that further anyway. Mm -hmm. And I have an update about Comeback Kid in a moment. And then I'm just not feeling motivated to create new connections right now. Yeah. Uh, Very understandable. Kind of means we're going to let it ride for a little bit. I think this is very exciting. So yeah, this means I need to I don't think I don't. I also don't think the journalist listens, but it, this does mean that I need to tell him this this week. You have which a week I like to just clear decided. The, you have like, a week to clear the decks. Yeah, just decided like in this moment, I'm going out of town. Like I wasn't going to see him this week, regardless. It's the reason we got together on Sunday. Yeah, but where are you going this week? It's the big, biggest grass volleyball oh, tournament right, that's of the right, that's year. Right, that's right. Yeah, so I'm leaving on Thursday, so I'm gone Thursday to Sunday night. Right, I remember that now. Okay, come back, kid. Yeah, I have effectively ended things with him. Okay. Okay. So one down, one to go. <laughs> and by effectively, I mean, I will read the text that I sent to him that he did not reply to. Fair enough. I do not think it was fair enough on his part. I think he should have replied, but whatever. Oh, okay. Backstory. So we went out a couple of weeks ago, right? And we had that whole conversation about how like, you know, the ball was kind of in his court for our next date and, you know, all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had also mentioned that he's definitely in a period of transition right now. He quit his job. He's taking the summer off. He's spending a lot of time out at the beach. And I was starting to to kind of wonder, as I've mentioned before, like, are we in the same place right now in terms of what we're each looking for and available for? Yeah. And the answer was no. The answer is no. And so I texted him on Sunday Mm -hmm. and I said – and this was also after I had been thinking about things with the journalist and where – you know, and so, you know – motivated by a few You were in that space. Yeah. 
I said, hey, hope you've been enjoying your first true week of freedom because he quit his job. I've enjoyed spending time with you, but I'm looking for something more consistent than it seems like you're available for. If I'm perceiving that correctly, no hard feelings, but I'd like to hear it directly versus continue to wonder. That certainly calls for a response, I will say. I think so. I didn't get one. Which, as I've said before, this is a little bit different than my ghosting script because he hadn't ghosted me, but it was more just kind of calling a spade a spade. Yeah. But as I've said with my ghosting script, I didn't send it for the response. Exactly. Yeah. So if he – like I, I ended things with that text message without the resp- without a response. Things are over with that. A hundred percent. Yeah, a response doesn't change the reality of the dynamic. No, and I've set my boundary in that text of like I am looking for something more consistent. I don't think that's what you're about right now. That's yeah. fine, but like let's call a spade a spade. Totally. And he decided to silently do that. And here we are. And here we are. So the comeback kid is no more. Big week from like an apartment perspective. I think with disco ball, like I'm I'm not like putting any pressure on it within myself. Yeah. No, I know. I truly just am like, I don't think I want to meet new people right now. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like I have the energy for that right now. I want to see how things develop with him. Yeah. For better or for worse. Like I like, you know, I'm not I'm not attaching my hopes and dreams to it or, you know, putting any pressure on it in my head or anything like that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So feeling good about it. Very excited. Yes. Okay. Before we get into our partners for the week and introducing our guest, quick housekeeping note that we wanted to explain for the listeners. So you may have noticed in a couple of our recent episodes that there are advertisements that sometimes seem like they're normally just part of the recording, but then you might end up hearing that same advertisement in the following week's episode. And that is because we've started to do dynamic ads, which are ads that we read ourselves and are products that we've tried ourselves and love. Otherwise, we wouldn't be reading the ads. But we record those ads separately and they get dynamically inserted into a bunch of episodes across our catalog until they hit a certain number of downloads. Exactly. So you'll never hear the same ad in the same episode. Like it won't Mm -hmm. repeat within one episode. But if you listen to two episodes back to back, you might hear the same one. And so we just wanted to explain that in case you do hear the same. Also, those promo codes won't be in the show notes like our other ones are because we can't guarantee that. Yeah, we don't know what ads are in. Yeah, we don't know what ad is going to play for you. So we can't include them. If you are ever, this is a good note too, if you are ever looking, however, for our promo codes, all of our promo codes and discounts that are currently active are on our website at findingmrheight.com slash promos, P-R-O-M-O-S. And you can Highly logical. Find them Great all there. choice there, Allie. Thank you. Thank you. So you can find them all there. And if you have any questions, reach out. We take a lot of pains to decide where things will get inserted dynamically into the episode. If you hear something that sounds weird, shoot us a note. Send me a DM on Instagram. We'd love to hear it. Yes. Because we can always make those changes and would always love feedback. Here for it. Yes. On the note of podcast partners, I am truly, truly loving the results that I'm seeing from Apostrophe. I'm obsessed. They gave us the option to not have it be a monthly recurring thing. It needs to be a monthly recurring thing. I am 
one of my to-dos today is to re-up my... <laughs> I am planning on re-upping. I have seen such a big difference. I don't know if you can tell that my cheeks are like less red than they often are, mm-hmm. but like I have seen such a big difference in my rosacea to the point where when I got my makeup done on Sunday, the makeup artist, I mentioned that that's the reason why I like to use certain products. And mm-hmm. she said, I didn't even realize you had rosacea. Highest compliment. Honestly, though. And she sees yeah. a lot of skin. Yeah. Well, from apostrophe I got, and we talked about the Discord channel earlier, I was rightfully corrected on how to pronounce this. Yes. Trent Owen. Yep. How'd I do? Okay. Crushed it. <laughs> well, the, the Discord will tell us. Yeah, exactly. So I said that my – so when you log into or when you start the process with apostrophe, you take this quiz about your skin concerns. And for me, it's fine lines and wrinkles And as I get into my advanced age. And so I got the Trentinoin and I use it every night. And like I said, absolutely love it. And Allie has already talked about how her thing that she wanted a solution for is rosacea. I will say though – Apostrophe is amazing at dealing with acne. That's kind of their specialty is acne treatment. And so even though Allie and I didn't go for that, we want to make it clear to our listeners that that's an amazing option. And they have solutions for acne that might show up on your face, on your chest, on your butt, on your back, just like any type of knee you might confront, they have a solution for. Yeah. And we have a special deal for our audience. You can save $15 off your first visit with Apostrophe at apostrophe.com slash FMH when you use our code FMH. This code is only available to our listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash FMH and click begin visit and then use our code FMH at sign up and you will get your first visit for only $5. Yeah. And apostrophe is spelled A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E.com slash FMH and just use the code FMH to get that dermatologist-crafted treatment plan for $5. And thanks, Apostrophe, for sponsoring the pod. Thank you, Apostrophe. I feel like both of our ads today are kind of about, like, 30-something living. <laughs> Very much so. Very <laughs> much amazing. so. I'm like, fine lines and wrinkles, and now my ovaries. And now fertility. <laughs> Modern Fertility is a company that we've talked about in the past that you know, both of us feel really strongly about wanting to make sure that everybody has access to fertility information and understanding their own fertility, and modern fertility is doing just that. Yeah. I actually was listening to another podcast that I like, and it was a woman in her 30s talking about how she saw on Summer House, Lindsay, doing mm. a test like this. Obviously, Lindsay went to her doctor for it. This woman on the podcast then asked for that from her medical professional and her medical professional was like, that's not a test. It's absurd. Yeah. And even if they do do the testing, traditional testing can cost over $1,000. Like it can be very expensive depending on your insurance. Modern Fertility gets you that same info about your own body at a fraction of the price. Exactly. And it gives you a whole bunch of information including your like hormone levels, your egg reserve. And honestly, it can be a lot to digest. And so they have nurses that will go over the information for you. Honestly, I like want to send this to this podcast co-host and be like, Seriously, hey, be like, would you like our ma'am? promo? <laughs> yeah. So speaking of which, if you go to modernfertility.com slash FMH, you can get $20 off your test. They're offering this to only our listeners. And that means your test will cost instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. 
to get $20 off of your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash FMH. And that's modernfertility.com slash FMH. Yeah, thanks, Modern Fertility. Honestly, now we are transitioning into a guest that is going to speak about dating as you transition into later phases of your life. Yeah, no, that's a great point. It's all coming together. Seriously. It's like we plan it. It's it, truly, I mean, I, yes, I, I did not plan, I, I did not plan this. <laughs> I know. this. This is better than I could even do. So today we were talking to Melissa Berry, who is the founder of Cancer Fashionista. She is a breast cancer survivor. She was formerly a publicist in the fashion industry, and she has transitioned into making women feel comfortable and beautiful after breast cancer and just, you know, kind of all that surrounds that. She has a podcast called Dear Cancer, I'm Beautiful. And she is also going to talk to us about what it has been like for her dating not only after breast cancer, but also after a divorce into her 40s and now 50s. Yeah. And we have already recorded with her with full disclosure. And it's a great conversation and we cover a lot of ground. And I know that listeners, when asking questions, kind of noted that it was a lot to cover and we agree. And so as we always say, ask follow-ups. We're happy to bring in more guests to talk to other people that can dive deeper into one topic or another. We can bring Melissa back. You know, the options are endless. So let us know what you want to hear and enjoy our conversation with Melissa. Absolutely. Let's get to it. And we are back with Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to Finding Mr. Height, the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on here. Thank you for being here. We are pumped and the listeners are too. We have been getting questions about both of these topics, both dating in your 40s and 50s and dating after an illness just over and over again since we started the pod. Wow. Yeah. Hot topics. I mean, I'm sure I'm going to learn a thing or two. I'm always learning as I speak to other women also and men. Yeah. Well, aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, before we dive into all the listener questions that we got, would love to hear from you, you know, your your background. How did you get into talking about this stuff. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for having me on. I think you guys are awesome. I am a nine-year triple negative breast cancer survivor. And in my first life, I was a fashion and beauty publicist. So I had kind of the sex in the city type of you know job, if you will. I mean, I, I worked my butt off, but I mean, I was you know doing model castings and going to fashion shows and interviewing celebrities and, and all kinds of cool things. I, I loved what I did. I always worked very hard at it. And then I was, well, I shouldn't, a little slight segue here. Before I was diagnosed with breast cancer, my mom was like, you know, there's a lot of breast cancer in our family. You should get tested for the BRCA right. gene. So I was tested for the BRCA gene when I was like 32 and my doctor was like, okay, by the time you're 39, I'd like you to have your ovaries removed. I'm like, oh my God. And by this point I was married. I had two beautiful daughters, but still kind of crazy. And I'm really just kind of giving you the fortune cookie version of this. But basically at the age of 39, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and it was triple negative, which there are all different types of breast cancer. And it's just a more aggressive kind that a lot of younger women Mm. get. And uh, it required full-blown chemotherapy and a bilateral mastectomy. And I was like, what the heck? So once I knew what my course of treatment was, and thank God it was very early stage, I was so lucky, you guys, so lucky. 
I was like, okay, so how am I going to like still have a job like this? Like meet with Allure magazine and talk about lip gloss. How is that going to work out? You know? And I looked online, I'm like, where's the Vogue of breast cancer? And it didn't really exist. So I just started a list of, you know, lashes that I loved and post mastectomy bras and the list turned into a blog, the blog. I was like, okay, maybe I guess I'll put this on social media. And it just kind of happened. That's amazing. that's amazing. And that that's yeah. something that I that, <laughs> both yeah, of us, we're, both of us are like wow, stare, I mean, hearing it in stereo. Like, well, this is very condensed version, but that's yeah, that's the broad strokes of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean crazy. And then I launched the podcast during COVID, and that's like one of the ways that I found you guys. I was like researching other cool podcasts, so Yeah, I mean, I think that's something I think a lot of people don't think about is the aspect of it where you said the the lashes that you like, you know, how to, I know you mentioned when you and I were chatting before you came on the show about, you know, headscarves and am I going to, am I going to show up to this meeting with a headscarf and what's that going to look like? And how do I find one that I like? And, and all of those sort of challenges that I think, you know, they're, yeah, you never think of until you have to. Right. And then I left out, you know, a small component that I did not, I did not get divorced because of breast cancer. My marriage was definitely, let's just say, suffering and very weak for a long time. And I think something like breast cancer or any kind of a major traumatic life-changing is either going to bring you really super close together or it could just be the thing that that Mm -hmm. breaks you. And in my case, it was the latter. And so, you know, having gone through that whole metamorphosis of losing my hair, losing my breasts, reconstruction, and then, okay, now I'm on Bumble. It's like, wait, what? (laughs) And I'm like, now I'm like, you know, well, I'm 50 now. This was like a good, you know, six years ago. And now I'm dating. And you know what they say? They say that you're, I don't know if you guys agree with this, that like your dating age is like how old you were when you first got married. I'm like, so I'm a 24-year-old trapped inside a 50-year-old woman's oh, body. Oh, wow. I had not heard that before. <laughs> I haven't heard that, but it makes sense in terms of like the way that you're, that you developed from like a dating perspective ended when you got married, like you no longer had to date, obviously. Yeah. That's why I only trust my very younger friends. They're they're like, oh my God, give me your profile. Are you crazy? <laughs> like they make fun of me. I mean, I like I need help from the younger generation because I really have no idea what I'm doing. I find that impossible to believe. But <laughs> <laughs> that's just a tremendous amount of life change in such a short period. Like, how did you kind of emotional like what was it like to emotionally move from thing to thing like that? Like first this diagnosis, then a change in marriage, and then getting back out. Like how how did you navigate that? Did you seek therapy? Did you rely on fr- – I'm sure a combination of things. But like what was what were those – Like so like much Xanax. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Xanax got me through so much. But – talk therapy, really great friends. I'm super close with my parents. Like, I mean, I I have like uh, such a wonderful support. I mean, I had friends from, this is how, like, I remember how upset I was during the divorce and breast cancer and the whole thing. At one point I just was always crying. And so as it got later in the evening, I would be like, I had college friends all over the country. I'm like, all right, well, Miriam's in Hawaii. So that's, oh, she's still awake. I can call her and cry. (laughs) Brilliant. And San Francisco, there it's only dinner time there, you know. Yeah, like so, a crying, like a rotating crying schedule. Completely, I'm like, who's a, I'm like thinking, who's awake now, you know? But no, I mean, all kidding aside, it, you know, it, it was like chapters. So it, the the breast cancer chapter happened before the divorce chapter, but then when the divorce chapter happened, you know, it was like the breast cancer was obviously already a part of me, and I think that 
you know, I think as a woman, one word that I use all the time is integrity. And it's so hard when you've lost your hair and your breasts to, to still feel like a woman and your ovaries and not to lose your integrity. So I think for me, trying to maintain my integrity, I think is at the core. And anybody that's listening to this is before you date, before you even think about making that profile or anything, you and it sounds so cliche, you really have to love yourself or at least like yourself and feel kind of good. And that's the hardest flipping part <laughs> of it all. It really is. Yeah. And that's why I do what I do, you know, because even, you know, in the middle of chemo, I had a bald head and, you know, and I remember, I don't know if you guys remember Stella and Dot, like yeah, the jewelry. Yeah. So I, I had a hard time working, but I wanted to do something. And I remember like putting my wig on, lashes, and I'd go and sell some jewelry. And I feel like maybe if I was, you know, dating then, maybe that's what I would have done is like, you just kind of like have to put yourself together when you're ready and, and you put yourself out there, but you really have to be ready because I feel like, forget about breast cancer. We're all so vulnerable, right? Just putting ourselves out there yeah. before any of this stuff. So then you layer any kind of illness or, you know, that could really be so hard. Well, that's what I was thinking is that when you said, you know, loving yourself or liking yourself and, you know, feeling good putting yourself out there, that's hard for people just at a base level. Forget about exactly. when you've gone through something major like that or something that felt so core to you, like your hair or your breasts or anything is now gone or different. Exactly. And then, I mean, I don't want to jump ahead here, but like, you know, even going on that first date, you know, after divorce, after the breast reconstruction and being like, you know, when am I going to talk about this piece of me, which is so important? What happens when we're, we get physical? At what point I'm going to be like, hey, these are these are reconstructed, you know? And I remember my mom, I remember crying. I was like, like when I was first realizing and accepting the fact that I was getting divorced, I was like so upset about having to date again. She's like, Melissa, everybody has implants. I was like, well, that's not true, you know. But <laughs> that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it's, not it's true. For me, that like, there are a lot of women, and it's not the same thing. And I'm going to no. say that, like, because that is a sensitive topic in my community. It's not the same thing, but but it did make me feel about a little better, feeling like okay, there there are a lot of us out there that do have like implants. Like there there's something there that was that wasn't there that we were born with. Okay, it's not so scary anymore to to know that. Yeah, yeah I mean. Honestly, I think I think you said like this is jumping ahead, but let's let's just jump into it. The Yes. Yeah. So you sort of mentioned these different time points where various things kind of might come up in the in the dating journey with somebody new, right? So you have these early dates. Let's say you like somebody, you're going on a couple dates with them and is your is your cancer diagnosis, is your experience, or not even diagnosis, your whole experience with it, is that something you like to talk about on the first date? Is that something that you like to get a little bit more trust built with? Like, when does that come up for you? When does that feel natural and right? So great question. And I'm sort of uh, <laughs> an interesting situation here because I'm a breast cancer advocate. Right. So all they really need to do is Google my name and it's going to be like, oh, okay. So in my particular case, and they asked me what I do, I'm a breast cancer advocate. So it ends up being, but before when I was still a publicist, you know what? I remember feeling like I had to kind of be like, hi, I'm Melissa and I had breast cancer. And, I, and then I started to chill out. I'm like, you know what? It's not all about, that's not I'm more than that. It's not, that's not just who right. I am. That's a part of who I am. 
And remember, especially, you know, I'm 50, a lot of men or just in general, guys in general, they have their own health issues. You never know what someone else is walking around with, right? So, and and they're not necessarily going, hi, you know, my name is Joe and I had testicular cancer, you know, like, yeah. so I think it's, it's very personal. I think it's very case by case, but I think, you know, especially before I was doing this kind of work, I did not feel the need to have to wear it on my sleeve. I just wanted to first like be Melissa, be myself. Hey, you know, let's get to know each other. What do I like to do on my free time? What, you know, do I like to work out? What, what are my hobbies? What, and then let it evolve from there. So I guess the long-winded answer to the question is you do not, it's not something you have to, I don't think it's something you have to disclose right away, yeah. especially if you're not that comfortable with it. Yeah. I, I think it's, it sounds similar to how some guests we've had before who have, you know, chronic illness or an STI or things like that have talked about how it's not relevant to that other person on a first date. Like that's not, you know, something that's going to come up that they need to know the very first time you meet them. And if you never end up going out with them again, then they certainly never needed to know. Exactly. And let me tell you this, you guys, especially for those of you that are listening, if if that guy isn't cool with you having breast reconstruction or having no breasts or one breast, then the earlier on you find that out, the better. Very true. 100%. You know? So I don't see a reason to to hide it. Again, it's very personal. For me, I'd rather – I don't think it's first date conversation, but I think it's something that you want to bring up sooner rather than later because if they're really freaked out by it or for whatever reason, it's just better to, to find out that out sooner rather than later. But interesting story. Great. Yeah. One of the first times that I had an interaction, let's just say, <laughs> <laughs> after my divorce, literally the first time that I was going to be intimate with someone, I remember saying to him, almost apologetically saying, I have scars because I do. I have mastectomy scars that go basically horizontally across my right. breasts. I have reconstructed nipples. And I was like, I have scars. And he looked at me. He's like, Melissa, I've been with so many women that have had breast cancer or reconstruction. And he's like, you're beautiful. And that's all I remember. That's so nice. <laughs> I love that you had that experience. Yeah. That, I would imagine that there are pe- people for whom that first experience was not as seamless. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And not to like criminalize anyone for for not being – it could be – maybe it's a trigger. Maybe they lost someone really close to them that had breast cancer and it's just really hard for them to – it could be a million different factors. Yeah. So, you know, I always try and say not – it's hard not to take it personally. But I think it's better to, to share that information sooner rather than later, especially if we're going to be intimate. Yeah. And a lot of men, I've been on dates where they're like, that's, oh my, I get the opposite reaction. Oh my God, that's amazing. You've been through so much and you're still so positive or that, wow, you know, my, my so-and-so had breast cancer and, and then they relate, a lot of them really like can relate to it because they've, they've cared for someone or know someone that had, I mean, it's one out of every eight women. There's a lot of us it's, out there. Yeah. That the statistics are wild in that sense. Yeah. But no, I think that a man that can view your reaction and your life now as a this beautiful asset that you bring to the table is the type of man that we all want to be dating. Absolutely, right? No matter what you're carrying yeah. with you, no matter what the 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 ailment is or listen, there's it comes in all different shapes and sizes, right? There's depression, there's addiction, 
There's all kinds of things. People, maybe they call it baggage. I don't really like to call it that, but we all have our things, right? Nobody's perfect. Certainly not. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you, you mentioned, you know, wanting to make sure that you feel like you're ready and that, you know, you've kind of done that work to like yourself, love yourself, you know, whatever the phrase is. What did that look like for you? And how did you know, okay, this feels like the right time to put myself out there? It was it was a, an evolution, especially, you know, chemo, you gain weight, you lose weight. It's just this constant work in progress. And I think, you know, and there's also a lot of us that are that have metastatic breast cancer that we're always in treatment, mm-hmm. right? So I think it's a matter of, you know, taking care of yourself from the inside out. You know, lipstick and makeup and all this stuff is great, but I think truly, and I feel like the word self-care is like thrown around, but like really self-care in a big way, like, and exercising doesn't mean that you have to go, you know, to Orange Theory 10 times a day. It could mean that you're walking, that you're doing a gentle yoga, but I think taking care of yourself nutritionally, also getting talk therapy and like getting through the stuff, because there's a lot that happens when you have breast cancer between the surgery and the chemo. Yeah. And like, I would say what the, the tools that helped me the most was gentle exercise, Eating well with in moderation, right? I mean, who doesn't look like a good taco, or whatever? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I can't get crazy. Like, I love to eat. I have all my friends now. And meditation. Oh my god! I used to think I'd be like, "What? You mean crystals and all that weird <laughs> stuff?" Well, one of my closest friends, when I first got diagnosed, she's like, "All right, I'm going to show you how to meditate." I was like, "Screw you!" I just got diagnosed with breast cancer. Who has time to sit down and like pray or whatever <laughs> that weird thing? We've had this conversation you before. Guys <laughs> we me. we are very. I am very. That re- reaction is very re- relatable. Yeah, Rourke, Rourke relates to that deeply. Oh, are you a meditator? or You're not. I am, no, I'm not. not. I I I have. I really struggle with it. Yeah, it's like no. I can't sit for more than you're not. Don't make me sit for eight minutes. I'll, exactly. I'll freak out. Yeah, it's a practice, just like anything else, and it really helped ground me. I think in a lot of ways, and still does. Especially, you know, I still have to <laughs> actually take my own advice and. And do that. But, you know, so there's the internal work. And then, of course, yes, when your hair starts to grow back and then you automatically start to have more more confidence in yourself. And whether you choose to have breast reconstruction or not, that can be a component as to, you know, your confidence level and, you know, makeup. And look, you you lose your, your brows, your lashes. It's super challenging. So, but I know a lot of women that date through chemo. It's a, and it's it's beautiful. It's amazing. And you know, I think just like anything else, it's you put yourself out there when when you're ready, when you when you feel like you want to do that and you but you just have to be really I think careful because you're also extreme we're all vulnerable. Yeah. But then, you know, you take yourself in a, when you're in that state, it it's extremely vulnerable. So I think you just and you could test the waters. You know, if you're not sure, like, you know, maybe put your profile together, go on a couple of apps, go on a couple of dates. And if it doesn't feel right, usually that you guys probably agree that that inside voice is usually right if you're not really ready. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can We've always scale back. Totally. Sometimes I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I'm, my, my friends are like, are you on the apps? And you ask me one week, yes. And the next week I'm like, nope, I hate them. What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? And the next week I'm like, no, I just had the best date. <laughs> Very relatable. Yeah, exactly. We've talked about that after with people after breakups too, where it's like, how do you know you're ready? Well, you probably don't know for sure, but you try. And then if you go out on a date and you get on the date and you realize, wow, I hate it here. I'm not ready to be here. You don't go on another one. 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it's okay to dip in and dip out. Maybe, maybe sometimes you feel ready and sometimes you really don't want to, and that's okay too. Separating the kind of like the breast cancer piece a little bit from dating, what has it been like, you know, this is sort of a two-part conversation, the breast cancer and kind of like dating after 40. What has it been like dating over 40? I think that a lot of the questions we received is that there's a societal narrative about women getting older versus men getting older and that they are kind of seen as increasing in attractiveness and women are decreasing. Like there's a lot of kind of bullshit around it, right? And so what did that, what did those pieces feel like to you? Yeah. So the crazy thing for me is that I don't feel like I ever really dated because I met my now ex-husband on spring break in Panama City, like on a bed in a hotel room party. Wow. And I didn't really date, but before that, when I I had like a boyfriend in high school. So I never really dated until now. That's the craziest thing. So now it's like, okay, here we go. Here's my phone. Look at you. This is exciting. You know, um, Sometimes I like it and sometimes I really hate it. I think, you know, just like anything else, I've met some really great people and then other times there have been disappointments. So it's hard, especially at this age. And I'll tell you why. Like, I think there there are men and women that are having kids much Mm -hmm. later. So like for me, like my daughters, I have a 20-year-old and a 16-year-old. So if I am on an app and I see a, a great guy, but he has really little kids, yeah. Like for me, it's not, I just feel like it's not going to, it's not going to work. So there's like all these other different components that you don't think about, like, you know, when you're dating in your, in your thirties, other things that you need to take into consideration. And also like, you know, you start to figure out like at my age, like what are my deal breakers? And as much as I say, oh, you know, I used to think, oh, I would be open to dating someone that's never been married and no kids, but I, I it's just that. And maybe this is a, maybe I'm generalizing, but I feel like they are set in their ways. And if you say, oh, I can't, sorry, last minute, can't go, my daughter, blah, blah, blah. They don't, they don't really get it. And again, I, I might be generalizing, but just for me, there, I guess the long-winded answer to your question is there, there's certain, like, there's a certain barometer that I, that I, I guess I didn't even realize I set until I'm actually verbalizing yeah. it. But at my age that you have to take into consideration, you know? Yeah, and frankly, I make those assumptions too. I've I've said on here before that to me, if I was to date a man that was, you know, 40 and change, I would find a previous marriage to be more of a green flag than a red flag. I get that. Like especially if it was a long longer, yeah. Like oh, he mm-hmm. like yeah. wanted that, wants that. Yeah. He knows oh, how to he commit. How to like commit. He could be the, the family guy. He could be the yeah, yeah, he could be committed. Absolutely. I yeah. agree. I totally though, agree. like I, I agree with you, though by the same token, I certainly don't want anyone judging me for never having been married. See, isn't that interesting? We turn the you know? tables. So, like, right? I, so then I'm like, well, how could I? I mean, I'm I'm 35, but like I could very easily see in a few years, like that being something that's a quote unquote red flag about me. But I wouldn't – I don't think I'm a red flag. No, but it's so interesting. This is a very interesting conversation because I – it like seems different for a woman than a man. It's, it's- – I was going to say I think it's different. I think women are more flexible. I think w- women are like better Nurturing, at compromising. Yeah. Be more collaborative. Yeah, exactly. Like if you – like 
I'm thinking of it as in a workplace context, like all those workplace studies about kind of like how women lead differently from men, like those traits make us good at family. And I think that men struggle with some of that stuff more. And so the idea that like he has compromised before and wanted to like do the work of a serious long-term relationship to me is is a different thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And you know what's what popped up in my head? So I have a friend that she's younger and I, I'll, I'll always like run stuff past her. She's always, almost like my dating filter. <laughs> and I once texted her. I'm like, oh my God, I met this really nice guy on Bumble. He called me right away. She's like, that's weird that he called you right away. I'm like, I'm old school. I'm like an 80s girl. I love that he picked up the phone, but it depends on who you ask, right? Like, do you think that's weird if a guy calls you right away? Go, tell us more about right away. Yeah. Okay. You're texting on the app and it's like, hey, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's a little bit of an exchange. Hey, you sound great. Would you like to take this to the phone? Like, do, would you like to have a phone call and 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 chat instead of texting? Okay. So I'm he totally asked good with you. That. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. That's fine. Interesting. I... So, no, so I have had this is this is really gonna throw us back to the beginning of when we started the pod. But I have had men not in a long time. I've had men on dating apps call me through the app out of nowhere. Ooh. And I'll have like missed video or audio calls from a bumble man through Bumble. No. Oh, I think I feel like that's a little invasive, don't it's you? Very weird. Yes. That's why I asked for more details because I wasn't sure if you meant that he yes. did that or if he just asked to move to the phone. That it was like a like a you know a few texts, you know, getting to know each other kind of thing, yeah. and then. No, I think that's great, especially if you like the phone. Then that's awesome. You both like the phone. Yeah, yeah. I guess it just comes down to what your what your preference is, but it's just so funny how like you know, I'm like, oh, that's so nice that he called. She's like, that's weird. <laughs> no, definitely well, not weird. It, no, I don't think so. Maybe maybe weird in the sense that weird means abnormal. That like for her potentially if she's like in her right. 30s or her, I don't know how old she is, but like that is abnormal. Right. That somebody would do that. But I don't but I don't right. think I would. But I think you're right. I think it depends on the context, right? Yeah. Like if you're just if you text like three words and all of a sudden they're calling or like you're not even you're just connected and all of a sudden they call, that's invasive, I think. Yeah. I've had people in the past call several times and then be like upset that I wasn't available. Wow. I'm like, I I did not say I was free for a video call from a stranger. <laughs> oh, God. No, thank you. I not that long ago was like just barely started texting with someone on, on, on Bumble and I replied – I was with a friend and I replied maybe an hour later. He was like, sorry, that took way too long for you to get back to me. He like unmatched. What? I'm like, Excuse me? Oh. All right. I just dodged yeah, a bullet. Wow. Yeah. Talk about not compromising. Yeah. Like, Do you guys have – I don't want to like flip the interview on you guys, but I'm just curious. Do you favor certain apps over the others? I like Bumble the best personally. I'm a Bumble you? gal. You do too, Brooke, right? Yeah. I think so. I just think that there's like more – I don't know why. There's just like more traction on Bumble generally. It's so funny because like I've been asking – I've been asking friends and the the consensus is like – Bumble, you meet a nice guy. Tinder is like straight up hookup. Oh, and fuck Tinder. Hinge, I've been hearing a lot of things about Hinge that a lot of pe- my friends are like, oh, everyone I talk to that's in a long-term relationship, it's Hinge. Damn. But how do you guys feel about Hinge? Is it like a little shady? Oh, no, not shady. It's just slow. I don't know. Yes. I don't know why. That's the problem. I haven't – so, I mean uh, – uh, so I'm currently dating a, a few people. Yeah, and she's dating a Hinge man. 
I'm dating a hinge man, one of my, the most long-term, quote-unquote, person I've been dating for the longest of the people that I'm currently dating. Is that Disco Ball? You know, I am it listening. Is, oh, yeah. You're a listener. The Disco Ball I met on Hinge. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I never want to assume Never want to assume that our guests know the nicknames no, of I the love men it. I'm no, dating. No, I'm, I'm an avid fan. I told you. I found you guys when I was like – I was sad. It was like in the middle of the night and I'm like, they look nice. I'm going to listen to them. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> That's so um, Yeah. So the Disco Ball I met on Hinge. But I agree with Rourke that it's not that there are worse people – or that, or that it's shady, or that it. I just don't get as many matches, and I don't get as many people engaging with me in conversation when I do get matches. Interesting. And you guys are no no to Tinder. I've never had Tinder. It's a mess. Yeah, I feel like it's a mess. I have it, but it's mostly because of my business because I like to keep up on like what the different dating apps look like and the new features sure. that they have. So mm-hmm. I I have more dating apps than I really use, but I really only use Bumble and Hinge for my own personal use. Okay. Good. I'm glad I'm on the right track. Yeah, Tinder's like – I need you guys to tell me what to do because <laughs> like I said, I'm a 24-year-old trapped here going, oh my God, what do I do? Like there's always – there are always going to be exceptions. Like I'm sure we will get people writing in saying like, I met my boyfriend on Tinder and I have heard of plenty totally. of relationships and marriages that met through Tinder. I met an ex-boyfriend of mine who turned out to be a trash bag of a human, the oh, chef oh, for yeah. those of classic, you who classic. know who I'm talking about. Oof. I met him on Tinder. Obviously, that turned into a serious relationship. But it just – you have to weed through so much more of people yeah. that are not looking for that. Yeah. All right. I agree with that. You put my mind at ease because I, I – you know what? We're all so busy. How many apps can you be on anyway? Truthfully. No, that's – that. They're, they're, it's a part-time to full-time job, frankly. <laughs> it's really true. Uh, so uh, you're on the apps now. You're a 24-year-old, brand new to the dating scene. Do you do you feel like because I I have two hypotheses and I, I want to get your take on if either of them are correct or if neither. So one could be that in so on the one hand I think that like Allie and I you know we're in our early mid thirties dating not never been married, never had kids. And so I do think that even though we have super supportive friends and family, there is this sort of inherent pressure in the world that we are supposed to find somebody, have a family, kind of, you know, taking out what we want for our lives. Like, let's just say that there's kind of this vague societal pressure to like do those things. Do you feel like a pressure to find somebody due to like being in your 40s? Or do you feel like I've done that stuff? I have no pressure at all. I am just going to like figure out what works for me, have the best time, meet fun guys, see what happens. Like, do you feel like because you've kind of quote unquote done it, it, there really is no pressure anymore? That is a great question. You know, I guess it comes down to like, what am I looking for? Yes, I, 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 ha- I was married for 19 years. I don't regret any of it. I have two beautiful daughters. I have amazing friends. I love my career, all that stuff. And like I've been saying lately, I'm not looking for someone to complete me. I'm looking for someone – I would like someone to compliment me. Yeah. You know, and honestly, like – on the weekends, like it's nice to have, you know, someone to be like, hey, let's grab dinner, go hiking, go on vacation, you know, have fun with. At this point, I'm looking for someone that is like a best friend that I can also have a really like a blast with, you know, and someone that, you know, I can enjoy, enjoy my life with. Am I looking to get married? 
No. Am I open to the the concept of getting married one day again? Sure. Why not? Like I'm, I'm open to it, but it's not like I'm not, I'm definitely not on a manhunt and I, I haven't been ever since I got, I've gotten divorced. I've been in, I've had some nice relationships. I've, you know, dabbled on the, on the dating apps and you know, I don't want to settle at this point. I really don't. And and it's easy to also, I think, get become disappointed because I think a lot of times, sometimes you go on the apps and sometimes I'm like, wow, I'm I'm not even swiping on anyone right now. Yeah. You know, like, and then you think, where's there nobody out there? But I think in speaking to a lot of men my age, they feel the same. So I think it's just a numbers game at some yeah. point. It sounds no, like it you are in a way kind of freed yeah. of some of those expectations on yourself then. I really have. I mean, other than, you know, you know, enjoying a partner, you know, someone to, to do all those things with and, and enjoy my free time with. And also like, like not to get all sad, but like, you know, something great happens at work or it, you know, and, and it's like, I love my children. I love my family, but I, I oftentimes find myself like, I, I want to tell that, that person, oh my God. Let's yeah. get like, That's super relatable. Yeah. Like I miss that. I miss that a lot. I absolutely get that. And, I've, and like, yes, going out to dinner and vacations, all that stuff is great. But more of the day-to-day, like, you know, hanging out and watching, watching a movie, going for a walk, like just being like a last-minute plan. Hey, like I just got off work. Let's grab a slice. You know, just those those little things. Or I miss that. 100%. Yeah. Have you found – so you mentioned a little bit ago that, you know, you have kids and they're older now. And so when you see men that have young kids, you know, that doesn't really drive with you. We got a couple of listener questions about people who find that they're dating in their 40s and 50s and they find that men their age are still looking to have kids. Mm-hmm. And so they struggle with being bypassed because they're either not looking to have kids anymore or men assume that they're not, even though right. they might be. Right. And also, right, it could be also because of an illness or something that they're unable or they had right. to have their ovaries removed or whatever. Yeah, the case may be. So – that's a tough one. And that's something that I haven't had to personally navigate, although I do not have ovaries. So if I met a gentleman my age that wanted to have children, I would have to let him know that that was not going to be a possibility. But I mean, I don't know if it's too simplistic, but you know, when you're on the apps, it does usually say like, if you want children or you don't want children. So it almost say like, if that's something that's really, you know, that's something that worries you that maybe off the bat as a filter, you know, when you're looking for men, if it says that maybe you could put that filter on, like look look for men that don't want children or are you know good in that area. Yeah. So you're just fishing in a different pond because I would imagine it would be really hard to like someone and then and then realize a few dates in that they want to start a family and you can't offer that. But look, there's all there's also adoption. There are other ways to have families. So maybe you don't have to rule that out completely and keep yourself open to that possibility. Yeah, I also think it happens that you know in talking to clients who are in their 40s or 50s that they feel like men their age are filtering them out because of age just off the bat. Wow. That like men in their 40s and 50s want to date women in their 30s. Really? Or this, 20s yeah. if they're real. Yeah. Right. Groups. But like, you know, a 45, 46-year-old man dating a 35, 36-year-old woman, like that's not weird at all. Yeah, no. No, no. no, no, no not at all. No. Like I could very easily date someone who's 45, but like a lot from – in speaking to female clients who are in their 40s, they feel like a lot of men their own age are just not even considering them. Wow. Well, that's not good news. 
No. Yeah, I love how we're just like, well, shit. And we're like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> no solutions offered. So maybe I should be one of those people that's on Bumble, like Melissa, 35, and then in small print, really 50. Oh my God, <laughs> I see so that so people do that. I see it it's so lying. often. Yeah. And it's like very clearly just done to like – fuck with the filters, right? To like 100%. say you're 38 so that you fall under the filters of people who are searching under 40. And then you're like, really 43? Yeah. No. I mean, here's what I think. I think that sucks that to even think that like to, if that's the case that a majority of men in their 40s and 50s are looking for, then right, what happens to women in my age group? And maybe I'm a hopeless romantic, but I have to believe there are men out there that would like to date. I mean, I even have friends that are single that like they they would like to meet a woman that has kids around the same age just because it's like easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like having the same religion. It's like, all right, we're both Jewish, both doing the Hanukkah thing. Like it just depends like what your preference is. But yeah, I guess that's the reality now with, I guess the 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 blessing, right, is the, the, the apps because you have access to so many people, but then there's access to so many people, right? So mm-hmm. blessing so, and a curse. And I guess that's just the, that's just the nature of the beast, right? Like it stinks, but- I don't know if there's any – I guess there's no way around that. And and yeah, I mean if, if you're a 40, 50-year-old, why wouldn't you want someone younger, right? That it – I guess it just depends on where, where you're at also, you know, mentally, like emotionally, like what, what kind of – you know, what you're looking for. And what what do you think the reason is that that older men would like – is it for – completely a physical thing? I think that probably factors in. I do think the kids and family thing makes a difference too because, I mean, men can have kids whenever the fuck they want. Oh, right. So especially if they haven't been married or haven't had kids yet, clearly they're going to want someone that is very fertile. (laughs) I mean, I guess I would just say that although, you know, as we all agree, unfortunate, obnoxious, ex, you know, whatever, fill in the blank for that behavior, that said, we all – narrow our pools in various ways based on things that are important to us. And I'm sure that a 45-year-old woman has various things that are deal breakers for her too that make her selection narrower. And there are guys out there saying like, well, fuck, how dare she pass up on me? And so, you know, we, we all do it. And we, and as Ali, you and I have said on on this many times before, the question is, is it serving you, right? And so if it's so important to that man to biologically have his own children, you know, with uh, like in an expeditious, like quick, whatever, who the, who the hell knows what his priorities are. But like if that's such a priority then and he's willing to narrow his pool down that far and miss out on somebody amazing, that's on him, you know, frankly. Exactly. And you almost like don't want to change, try and change someone like that because yeah. they know what they want, right? That's their path. Yeah. And I respect that. You know, it's like, okay, everyone's entitled to what they want, right? But you wouldn't want to try and change someone's thought process on that because then they will never be happy. Yeah. It's like we all we all want to be – I want to filter out who I want to filter out, but I want to be in everyone I want to be in's pool. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. I want to put my filters on, but you shouldn't have any filters. Right. I want to be in all of yours. Yeah. Well, it's like when people talk about how Hinge like gatekeeps the best people in the standout section. Yeah. They're not, they're not gatekeeping the best people in the standout section. 
Can I say? Wait, I'm sorry. What is the standout section? This is how I'm such a dinosaur. What is the standout section? So hinge standouts, and then we'll get to what you said work because I think so. Like, so hinge standouts is a section of hinge where like you have your normal feed, right? Where like the people come up or whatever. There's another tab of hinge called standouts. It's like a little star if you're in the hinge app, and it is. People, it, it used to be, Hinge used to messages message it as people with outstanding profiles, and now they're like more upfront that it's very popular users. And so you can choose, you basically have to pay to talk to those people. Like you can okay. like send them a rose, quote unquote, but you have to pay for those. Oh, Even if yeah. you pay for Hinge, which that part I think is bullshit. You should get free roses with your membership, but whatever. Yeah, different, that is It's a different not, topic. Yeah. Where <laughs> you feel like your standouts have been trash? Yeah, I'm like glancing at them right now. They're like I'm gonna look it's at mine. no one I like. I, I my understanding is that it's typically we all have. Like I, out even of if I'm paying for it, I have I, standouts. The reality check on me is so hard. If these people are allegedly out of my league, <laughs> that's yeah. So it's they're they're messaging oh, on it I now. See. These standouts now. I don't. I never noticed that before. Yeah, they're messaging on it now. Is outstanding prompts from people most your type refreshed daily? Okay, this first guy is mad hot. So, oh, ew, his pro- – okay, sorry. We're not going to get into this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think what people – when people say that Hinge is gatekeeping the best people in the standout section, it's not gatekeeping if those people have filtered you out. You know what right. I mean? Like they're, the algorithm is showing you the people that it thinks you're most likely to match with. Okay. They're not gatekeeping these people. Like the, the, these people are just like – <laughs> like a holding pen. That they're just really in funny. a different. They're just in a different part of the algorithm, and that's why yeah. you're not seeing them in your feed. Okay, but that's interesting work that you don't even think that they're your type. Yeah, no, they, these are. I'm not into. I'm not into this. I mean, my most compatible with Hinge is like literally always somebody that I have no interest in. I know. Same. Always. It's never. I don't think I've ever one time liked the person that Hinge told me was my most compatible. No. And then what's up with – like sometimes I match with people on Bumble. I'm like I never swiped on them. F- fully agree. Like those people I've never – I've never one time been interested in them. Sometimes I'll see matches on Bumble. I'm like I never swiped on them. Does that happen to you? Yes. Yes. We're, okay. Was I, I, was was I like my in mind. a fugue state when I swiped? I do not recall. Like I feel like it has to be people that I've swiped on. Like they can't it just be like – they can't just be out there putting people in your matches that you've never swiped That'd on. Be that, would be, that would be wild. Yeah. Who knows? I think you guys should come up with your own damn app. <laughs> yeah, I, with all I, of the time that we I, have. Yeah. <laughs> all the time and also – oh my god. The, that Make an app that's Trying to crack that works. space, I feel like it cannot handle. Oh, I know. You know it's I such wanna, a crowded oh, space. Oh, you know what? I don't want to put out there in the world what I want to do because <laughs> somebody's going to do it. Don't do it. Don't hear it. Well, no, no. Then, then people well, are going to take you guys it from you. Stop. Oh. Yeah. We can all sign an NDA. <laughs> everybody Absolutely listening listeners. everybody listening this, by listening to this you have agreed to yeah. not disclose yes oh god anyway well it must be good because you're blushing <laughs> it's got to be really good no again like i don't know i we'll talk about it offline i do have an idea though I'm okay ex- you promise okay yeah, offline yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for this sorry everyone else maybe the patrons will get to hear about it yeah so sort of like circling back to the kids thing for a second we got a few questions about navigating when you introduce new partners or people you're dating to your kids. And I know for you, your kids are a little bit older, but one of them is being 16, like she's still in the mix. Yep. 
What does that look like for you? For me personally, it's been – I've not introduced them to anybody yet. Oh, interesting. And my my ex-husband, their dad, from what I understand, I don't know a ton of information. I know he's dating someone and they haven't met her. And, and we just as a family, we feel kind of like unless the person is like it's super duper serious, yeah. we're not we're not being like, oh, here's uncle so-and-so. Here's uncle so-and-so, you know? This, I mean, every family rolls differently. We're very close. I mean, I'm very, very lucky and blessed that I, I have a very amicable relationship with my ex-husband and, mm-hmm. you know, and we really respect our daughters. And, you know, look, it's it's like, it could be really uncomfortable for your mom or dad, even though we've been divorced for like five and a half years now, you know, unless it's something super serious. So in, me personally, I have not introduced anyone yet, but let me tell you, if when the time is right, even if they're not thrilled about it, you know, I think it's important for children, no matter whether they're teens or a little older, or a little younger, that you know, you want your parents to be able to be happy and and to move on. And I remember one of my really closest friends, who I call my, she was like my divorce coach. She got divorced like two years before me, and I remember being so sad about the divorce. And she was like, Melissa, you want your children to see a happy, healthy, loving relationship. You know, yeah. you don't want it to be in a not that we were like killing each other, but it was tumultuous. It was arguing. And, you know, I think that's that's important, you know, to to know that that is on the horizon and that's what I would want them to see. And it's okay for them to see that right now I'm not even really in a relationship, that I'm just doing my thing. You know, that in and of itself is kind of cool sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, I absolutely. I think to see, for them to see you modeling that, and modeling, you know, having this great life independently is incredible. They're funny though. They're like, mom, why don't you go to Europe by yourself? I'm like, because I, I don't know. I, I never really saw myself traveling. Well, you should, you should just go and do things like really do some cool yeah, things by yourself. You want, like, go eat, pray, love. Pray, love. Oh, did yeah. you, wait. Oh my God. What is with us today, Allie? Jinx. <laughs> my God. I have the, just this past week, I've been talking about that movie. First of all, when I see that movie, I immediately need angel hair, like That's right so away. Funny movie makes me so hungry. But yeah, maybe I should do a version of that in Greece. Have you seen the movie with Catherine Zeta-Jones about the restaurant? Yes. That has has great food imagery in it. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even if you eat a full-on dinner, you're guaranteed if you watch that, you're going to be like, all right, Uber Eats, what should I get? I miss her. (laughs) Where is Catherine Zeta-Jones? I don't I know. know. She's just like chilling with Michael Douglas, living a life. I guess. I like her. She's got like that funky accent. I'm into yeah. it. Yeah. Love her. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows what life will bring next? We, we couldn't I, agree more. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't agree more. Who, who knows? <laughs> so Melissa, if you could leave our listeners with one nugget, what would it be? You know, try not to seek – uh, happiness and feeling complete outside of yourself. And it's so hard to do. And I have to take my own advice. Don't We've we all had all? Saturday night pity parties. We, okay. But I think that's the most important thing is, and if you're feeling bad about, you know, or frustrated about the apps, especially if you're going through treatment and you're like, oh, I, you know, I can't even take a profile picture right now. Like, just be kind to yourself. Like, give yourself time. Like, when you're ready, do the things when you're ready. And and there's no race. It's when you're ready on your time. Love that. I feel yeah, like we can always really feel useful. so rushed at any at any age. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Even at my age, I have a friend that's getting married next weekend, you know, second marriage and, you know, and I have a friend that's going to the wedding with a boyfriend and I'm, and I'm not, and I'm okay. I'm really okay with that. Cause I'd rather be with someone that I, that I really want to be with than just, you know, have yeah. a date. Yeah, absolutely. So this was amazing. Can yeah. you please, you guys are this amazing. Is so fun. Can you please remind our listeners where to find you? Yes. Thank you so much. You can follow me on Instagram at Cancer Fashionista. I'm also on Twitter as Cancer Fashion and my podcast is called Dear Cancer, I'm Beautiful and I'm on Spotify and all that other stuff. All the other I love all your brand names. They're amazing. Thank you. Thanks, you guys. I love what you do and just don't stop. I think you're really giving us a lot of great information and hope and a lot of laughs too. I think you're both really funny. Thank you. You need that. We appreciate you. And this was amazing. Thank you again yeah. for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for Have having me. Have a great rest of your night. Bye. Bye.